All right, guys, growing your wellness business doesn't have to mean working around the clock and feeling exhausted. So welcome to the Healthy Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Feldman, and I have been in your shoes. I've been in the wellness space for over nine years, and I know what it feels like to feel overwhelmed. I took my wellness business from 13K that first year and feeling fried and exhausted to over six figures. Now I'm a business coach for health and wellness professionals just like you, and I create done-for-you content and programs to help you save time and money so you can spend more time nailing down your niche, understanding your buyer avatar, attracting your ideal client, and building your business from the ground up the right way. So sit down and let's get started. Hey there, guys. I am beyond excited for this episode. I was just telling this amazing woman, Trish Ward, that I have been stalking her social media and taking it in with my heart, my soul, because she talks about stress, burnout. She talks about that woman who is doing too much and is at the point where you know, sometimes you just don't even want to be showing up. So what I wanted Trish to come is to have an open conversation and also speak to all of us who are building a business, mommy, life, autoimmune, trying to make it in this world in these days and, and all of that great stuff. So Trish, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have this open and honest discussion with you. So let's talk about stress and burnout. I mean, it's not just these last two years where everyone's like, I'm stressed, I'm burned out. But I think these last two years, what it's done is make it not so much of a stigma for somebody to come out and say, I'm burned out. This was really bad. And then share this realization of what they needed to let go of and become aware of to actually get out of this constant up and down and cycle of, of burnout. And it really is a cycle of doing. It's just, we are in constantly in a state of doing. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, I, so I burned out twice. The first one kind of quote, wasn't so bad. Yeah. The second one was really the utter takedown. And actually it is what got me really quote into my niche. Cause I was like, I can't even fake this anymore. I am pretending like I have this business that I love and all this stuff. And, and honestly, I was literally taking my kids to school, coming home, laying down for three hours because it was enough just to take my kids to school, crawling to the shower, getting in the shower, seeing two patients in the afternoon and then getting back in bed. Like that's kind of where I got the perception was like, Oh, Trish Ward, she's on the summits and you know, that whole thing. And I was totally disconnected not only just disconnected, but I was completely out of alignment. It wasn't just that I was in this cycle of doing. It was, I was in a total takedown spiritually, mentally, and emotionally because my work was my avoidance mechanism. We were talking about that just before we recorded. I think a lot of health and wellness professionals can identify with going through burnout because I do think that we're emotionally tied to a lot of our stuff. And a lot of our stuff is why we also chose this profession. Mm -hmm. So I think it's safe to say that a lot of people, whether it's an emotional burnout, a spiritual burnout, physical, or maybe all three happening at the same time, which I've had those burnouts where, yep, take a step back, 
recover a little, but this last burnout for me was, it just had this one word on my forehead that I knew needed to be tackled. And that was trauma because my overdoing had always been related to pushing things to the side that were extremely traumatic or triggering. Yes. Yes. I can really relate to that. And I thank you for that. And honestly, in my, my true honesty, I didn't want to go into my trauma. I didn't even actually want to be talking about trauma because while I'm trauma informed, I'm not trauma licensed. So I told myself a story about all of this until I'm laying in bed and I'm thinking, what is really going on here? I mean, got a thyroid problem. My heart was doing weird stuff. All the physical symptoms are just what's really bubbling underneath that. I was really coming into awareness that I am the paradigm shifter in my family. I have three children, two are daughters. Some of the things that I experienced growing up will not go on anymore because of me. And I was having my Joan of Arc moment where the stake was going in the ground and I'm not doing this and this is not being passed on. Well, that's a lot to hold with no model or no manual, you know, and what I realized in those moments was that I could, you know, and there was a definite place for talk therapy, but the body was missing for me. I couldn't, I couldn't engage. So that's part of disassociation, right? It was, so I couldn't actually feel pleasure and good things in my life. Yeah. But I also didn't totally go to the extreme of pain. I just worked. I just worked more. And a lot of us do this. You, you hit it with us healers and practitioners is that we just keep educating ourselves. I'm going to go get another certification. I'm going to get, I don't know enough. I just don't know enough. And that story just kept playing over and over um, until it literally laid me flat out. And it does for a lot of people. And so I so appreciate you recognizing my social media. And what I really am trying to call out is that burnout the physical symptoms of burnout are the last things to show up, really. What's underneath all that is that spiritual, mental, emotional stuff that we keep repressing. And I'm not saying that we have to every moment go into the depths of it, but the real issue is that we don't create space in our daily lives to address certain things for many, many reasons. Like you said, we're moms. Not everybody is, but they have businesses or they have animals or what aging parents. Hello. I can attest to that now too. You know, so we don't create space. And then we think, you know, then it became the whole thing of like, Oh, self-care. And I started to really have an aversion to that word because it was like, okay, you know, one, and I don't mean to put it down, but it was like, no, this is not, I got a Manny Petty thing. This is where do I create space in my life to hold a container for me? Yeah. You know, but I think so much of that is based into self-worth because I know those old stories, people always say to me, how can you not feel worthy? And I'm like, well, I can tell you where this dates back to. I have so much, so much knowledge from being in therapy and from doing things like EMDR and NET and (laughs) RTM, like all these different things that I've done, shamans, everything. I mean, if you told me, stick this up your butt and you'll heal some traumatic thing, I was doing it. (laughs) I am with you. But I think the hard thing, and this is what I would love to hear from you, is like, how do we catch ourselves? Because life does come in. Life is busy, you know, and I think when we're at that burnout, we don't even have the energy to then do that self-care. So it's like, I had to look at what were those old self-worth stories that Mm -hmm. still continue to play and then how to catch myself. So I don't go back there because we, like I said, 
we live in this world where we are showing up for our life and sometimes it can feel extremely overwhelming. Absolutely can feel overwhelming and it is, and it is. And one of the things that I had to really come to terms with was whose story am I really living? I jokingly say this, but I was talking with a colleague about three weeks ago. So I've been in functional medicine now 15 years and we were laughing because she's an amazing naturopath and I have loved my work. I've always felt though, truly intuitively, that it is a piece of my work, Mm -hmm. but I never really fully honored that, right? It was always like, oh, I'm just the gut person and you know, whatever, one of them, many. But she and I were talking about how we had fallen into our professions actually as a trauma response. That was the truth. That's how I got into functional medicine. I had my second child, he has special needs and I fell into it literally. And I'm grateful for that. But there are many dimensions of ourselves that we have to bring awareness to. And in order to even just prevent overwhelm, which does then lead to burnout, it's looking at number one, am I doing what feels good to me? How do we know what feels good? Well, we need to create space for that. It's like all these things we preach about meditation and whatnot. I really go back to the body and that's where somatics comes in. When we have trauma, it is hard for us to feel things because feelings can be scary and they can bring up and well, feelings are direct derivatives of emotion, right? And so emotions that can feel really big. So I got really into the somatics of it, just little things, because I was one of those people, even though I was talking about meditation, I really struggled with it. So I needed to do little things that would just pull me back into my body. Havening, the EFT really works for me well. I know some people, you know, have a love hate with it, but it but it works just presencing myself so I could then feel and create some space. And I mean, 10 minutes, not this long. I need to, you know, going down. I think that's not real. I think it's not realistic for anyone. I think when we're talking about this overwhelmed person, when I'm in such a state of overwhelm, I'm not seeing how easy it is to carve out that space because everything feels overwhelming. And I was just talking about feeling overwhelmed during a launch. And I had to really step back and be like, Rachel, how many times have you launched? This is just a feeling, but this feeling is going to pop my adrenaline to go. And then all of a sudden burnout will be around the corner. That's right. And that you actually hit on something really a key piece in, in my healing and sharing that with others was the adrenaline piece of this because everyone talks about cortisol. And that gets a big play, but it wasn't until I found Dr. Michael Platt's work on adrenaline dominance. Did I actually start to feel better? It was like, because when we get adrenaline going, we get the dopamine loop going, we keep our limbic system engaged. And I'm either in fight or flight, or I am totally like the addiction to that, to that adrenaline, the addiction to feeling at that level. That's me. I still like I still have to catch myself many times. I and mean, this is, that's the other thing too. Healing is not linear. It is cyclical. So as much as we can, no, 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 it is practice, 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 creating space. The overwhelm when I was laying in bed and I, I just, it was all I could do to shower and, you know, halfway literally show up for people. It was okay. Today I'm going to get dressed, shower and make dinner for everybody. And the key in all of this, truly the missing piece that society doesn't talk a lot about is you need one person connection. And yes, we have all been disconnected for the last two years, but even prior to that, when people are stressed and burning out, 
there is this misnomer, I think, that everyone has, you know, everyone has the best friend or everyone has this huge community. And being an entrepreneur, it can be really isolating and lonely. And who can you tell in your everyday life about what you're really doing if you don't have someone that... And what? And I think that's the part about showing up when you're in this business is that you still have to show up. Yeah. But who can you really be that transparent with that this is going on? And, and I think for that person who is addicted to the overdue, there's so much shame and ego that has to do with that. Because I know there have been times I'm like, should I hit post on this? I actually posted last week. I didn't want to do a reel. I just felt overwhelmed for a few days. I just felt tired. And somebody messaged me and was like, are you okay? You know, is everything right? Because I had said, you know, it passed and now I'm here doing this. But I think that it still feels like when we share what's really going on, that people are like, poor you, when really they're identifying with so much that's actually happening. That's right. And we, we can get really in that black and white thinking, binary thinking, and we identify with one or the other when the reality is, because that's where the perfectionist kicks in, right? And then the takedown of that archetype, like, oh my gosh, no, it, because I'm either doing really good or I'm failing. There yeah. was like, no, I think that's the hard part to get to being totally transparent as a doer, as a, as a business owner, as someone who, who does need to keep showing up is writing this continuum. And the real reality and the spiritual opportunity of burnout is that when you are, I, I say flatlined, I don't mean that as a trick, yeah. but when you are just done, and I was done with a capital D, wanted to zip, unzip myself and step out. When you are done, it on some level, whether it is it, actually, it's not conscious yet, we are recalibrating and reevaluating our values and our priorities for us as adults. You know, we could go into, oh, we were re reparenting ourselves, we're doing all of these right. things. But the real reality is what is important today? What is important today? And it is one thing, it's down to one thing. It is not the top three things, not those are all good things, but when you are flatlined, it's one thing. It is one thing. And then it is finding one person, whether that is someone you, a coach, a mentor, and or a friend that you can rely on to right. help hold space for you. You know, not getting out of our systems is how we all have the thyroid problems. You know, not getting it out of our systems is how we are just laying there. And sometimes I'll, you know, it's, it's not going to be our spouse. I, I've been the same man forever and it was, it couldn't be him because he had to pick up the slack in the family when I was just literally laying there. What would you say to that woman who, or, or man, whoever is listening, where there isn't a break in the day because life is just going with work. They're balancing, they're doing this part-time there's, would you say that there has to be this place where you pause and step back and repair? Well, absolutely. Otherwise the body will take it for you. Sincerely. The thing is, is that I understand how, how busy we all are, especially with, with what's gone on and people have had to take on other, I mean, there's just a lot going on, but it's five minutes. It, it's five minutes, whether it's you're driving home in the car and you are actually going to commit to just having it be silent. Cause see, that's the other thing that we're in is we are in this information. We just we're never in silence. We're never in silence. We can never actually hear our own thoughts. We can never hear like, Ooh, I didn't, I didn't like when my mom did that to me. 
like, and, and sit with that, you know, not, not just because it's not scary. It's because we just don't make the time to think about it. Well, you know? and I, I always say that's what this blessing, this last few year of, of going through that level of burnout, it was the first time that I had to ask for help. Yes. I had to sit with myself and have that time to really say, do I love what I'm doing? Do I love who I am? And really be confronted with some things that maybe were uncomfortable for me to hear. And then also have that time to sit back and say, you know, maybe I don't know right now. Maybe yeah. I just need to give space to see what comes up. But I knew that I couldn't do that. I spent a lot of time repurposing social media posts. I spent a lot of time also creating boundaries, like no working past four. And when I was in deep burnout, I would work in the morning. I would close shop at like 12. But what it did give me was the ability to realize how much time I really do have because I got so intentional with my work when I was sick that now I'm like, oh, wow, I have all the time in the world. <laughs> and you bring up a key point is that we, when we tend to extend our days because we can until we're put up to the point where we can't, like we literally physically can't do it. So I do for the, for the listener that is hearing this and saying, oh, I just don't have a minute. You know, I, I challenge that. I do because your body will put you in the space where it's like, Hey, Hey sister, you don't, you don't have any time and then you find it it is all about the intention when we're laying there and we feel like we don't have intention that is the time where truly journaling became my best friend it was my only outlet until my one friend kate who i always credit like kind of saved my soul a little bit mm -hmm. you know? i mean i love that you were saying right before we dove into into this area is that we don't sit in quiet and i think of when you were just saying, I challenge you to see how much time you don't have. It's like, be honest on how much time you're spending scrolling on Facebook or Instagram, oh. or, you know, I think that's where I had to look at myself and say, I think I have no time, but if I really didn't do some of these things that I'm just kind of in, in avoidance or, and not that we don't want to spend time on social media, but just like you said, then there's no quiet time. That's right. It's, it's back to that intention. Like, okay, I'm intentionally going to go to the sites that make me feel good. And then I'm going to intentionally support a few of my online friends. And, and then I'm off. It's creating the, there's so much to burnout. It's so layered. It is about the boundaries. It's about the patterns. When we look at our lives through the archetype of seasons, you know, really society glorifies two seasons, spring and summer. Spring is where we're planting all the ideas and we, you know, and summer is hard, right? Yeah. We're, we're watering to have it all grow. We, especially as women do not take in the reaps and reap our harvest. We don't, we don't really do that. And we definitely as a society don't honor wintering, which is the releasing and the letting go and the, and the, the going within the going within, going with the darkness. Mm -hmm. And it is only until we hit the shadow that we actually truly evolve, right? That's what Jung said anyway, you know, and in that darkness, when you are in that place where there is no, nowhere else to go, then you sit with it. Then you sit with the parts that often felt uncomfortable. And somehow when you're there, you can hear more clearly. It's just like being in a tunnel. All the senses become really intense. So the time that we have, unfortunately, when we are in a struggle, 
once we can get through the physicalness of it in our minds, right? Where minds just keep telling us, right. oh my God, I'm so tired. Oh my God. I, and that is truth. I'm not denying that that is truth. But once something happens, you know, we stay somewhere long enough and we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm sick of myself now. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> and you can hear differently. And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, okay, what is it? And then we are up against our growth edges. Oh, wow. There are some serious patterns that I'm seeing here, Trish, that I don't necessarily want to see, but I can't, I don't have a choice. For me, it was definitely with my family of origin. A lot of mother stuff, you know, that comes up and then we can then choose new values that work for us now. And that's how we shift. But it's not without that being up against the edge. And what would you say? Because I think, you know, family of origin for a lot of us can be, I know I grew up with a lot of just drama, a lot of, you know, things that happen and correlated with divorce, things that happen when your mom marries somebody that has some narcissistic tendencies, all of that fun stuff. So what happens for that person who wants to create that boundary, but is getting that pushback from family of origin? Mm, That's a really great question because I, I will honestly say that initially it is difficult, you know, because it's a new territory that we, we've never been in. So it feels odd. However, I would say from experience and helping people work through this is the boundary clearly stated, clearly owned needs to be repeated and repeated and repeated. But this, in order to state the boundary, we have to be firmly planted and okay with where we are because Somehow it's easier, you know, within business to hear like, you know, oh, you're going to have haters. You're going to have people that just don't like you and whatever. When you have your family coming at you where it's just like, oh, you know, wow, that creates a rub there. That really doesn't work for me. And, I, and you're right. thinking, oh my God, I've been dying for like 40 years over here. Right. You hit a point where, and, and this is all, you know, nonviolent communication. It's just like, I'm sorry, you feel that way. I hear what you're saying. It's that acknowledgement. This is how it is for me. I, I was just telling someone the other day, I used to set two hour time limits. That was my max. And even then I wouldn't usually even make it for all family stuff. It was like, oh, we kind of got an hour and a half. I told my husband, I took the kids, this is all I have. And right. it would, any kind of overload that I was in, it was like, thank you so much. I'm gone. And creating the boundary and being willing, number one, to have a support. It takes one person, just one person to support you in, Hey, I'm going to keep repeating this until it feels comfortable. Because as we know, starting a new habit just doesn't, it is that practice. It is that practice. It is that practice. And what would you say? Because, you know, I think when we're unraveling our stress and our anxiety and our overwhelm, what would you say for that person who is in the beginning stages, what would you say is kind of your here? This is my piece of advice. Yeah. Great. That's a great question. So it is the foundation, right? It is making sure, well, the foundation of good nutrition, trying to get a good sleep schedule, movement of some sort, just, just everyday foundation. Right. But I would say the gap, like I talk about the gap a lot where we want to jump into the, either the mental, emotional piece or the spiritual piece, but we aren't, we don't actually have physical stamina for it yet. It's showing up because we know we have to go deeper and there's this gap piece. That's where I truly, the, the somatic piece of it is huge. Creating the safety in our parasympathetic, 
calming down the limbic loop, calming us down, this just stress, right? With these little exercises. Hey, Stanley Rosenberg has the basics exercise. And I can share that with all of you. It's, I have yeah, that really, would be amazing. Yeah, that literally takes less than 60 seconds, but doing these exercises that pull us back into our body that create safety. See, that was the missing piece for me is that I'm highly intellectual, just like you, we, and we're all resourceful, but this gap was that I was like, not feeling it. Yeah. Right. Like there was this disconnect of, whoa, all this intellect. And how do I actually integrate this? This isn't really totally even reality. The body was the missing piece. Like the body keeps the score, vessel van like perfect. We have to retrain the the body. So the body believes us. Otherwise the body is just kind of like, yeah, whatever, Trish, I'm going to just have a meltdown over here. And I'm going to, you know, your thyroid's out out of whack still because you're not listening to me. Okay, so let's create body safety. That would be number one. And so instead of jumping to very advanced practices of meditation, which I would love everyone to do, don't start there. Start with these basic body exercises to create the safety to then be able to explore into mm, family patterns or ooh boundaries. The other piece I will say is, I'll share this with you as well, is just start to look at you don't need to change it. what you are tolerating. We don't even make the time to say like, for me, one of the big pieces was, I had attracted some friends that weren't really friends. That was a big piece of my energy zap. I was just overgiving, overgiving, overgiving. And there was no reciprocity. Again, I had learned not to receive. That was something I had learned that wasn't a good thing. And they had to learn how to receive, but looking at what we tolerate just means that we need to create space. Ooh, does this feel good? And, and we tend as a tend as a society to jump into just business. We're just always looking right. at our business, right? Instead of looking at the domain of connection, of partnership, of spirituality, what is my connection to whatever higher realm you believe in, my mental emotional states, all, all of these things start small and just look at what you're tolerating. I have a checklist that will help people walk through that. And I would say before we end up wrapping this up, what would you say to that woman who is in the stage that you're in? And she's she's kind of, or maybe I won't say you, but she's in that stage where she's catching herself or he's catching himself in some of these, I would say systematic ways that they've always done things but are not working. What is the best advice you can give somebody who's who's like, oh yeah, I totally know what she's saying. I'm in these boundaries. I'm doing this, but she keeps falling back into these pitfalls, or he falls back in these pitfalls. Mm, that's that's a beautiful question. First and foremost is allow yourself grace and forgiveness, because again, healing is cyclical. It is not linear. And the body, and we know this from what we all do, the cells are always seeking homeostasis. So we want to go back to what we know, regardless if chaos was a stability factor for us. That comes into awareness, right? So it is it is forgiveness, self-forgiveness of, oh, you're here again. Okay. Then I, it really would be doing a body exercise. Like, okay, Trish, come back into reality. Let's, is this true? Is this right. actually true? Okay, no, this was a story in my head. It was keeping me self safe because I was self-sabotaging because I had the fear of being seen and all, you know, the whole story that we go into, or that's my story. And then creating safety. Again, I, I'm really big on rituals and journaling is, is probably my very favorite ritual. I'm able to get to the depths of me without anyone seeing. And then my truth comes out. 
and wherever you can get it then out of the body. I love exercising too. And so something that will actually chemically change your state will then help us then come back into reality of, okay, I can post this now. Yeah. Like you were saying. I can show up now. I can show up now, you know, and it's little daily things. It's, it's bite size. You know, I think years ago when I was at Brendan Burchard years and years ago, like 10, he sets his timer for every 50 sec, 50 minutes, excuse me. And he just stops and like, he has 10 minutes that he recalibrates. I'm not even asking for 10 minutes, but those moments, it, it is stopping the state and it is changing the state and bringing awareness. I mean, awareness is everything. It's like 80% of everything. Oh, there I go again down the slippery slope of a story that's not true. Okay. When did you catch yourself? I'm just out of curiosity because we had talked about your own journey. When did you have that moment, that shift where you were like, okay, I'm sick of being this way. What exercises or what did you do at that time to kind of propel you to this next place that you're in? Oh gosh. Let me, and let me tell you it, I crawled out of this second burnout. It took me like five years to crawl out of it. I want to give people a lot of hope. It doesn't always have to take that long, but I was doing it on all levels. And I kept, my struggle really was just like, I was the traditional case of like, oh my gosh, my thyroid blew out. I was staring at a body with, you know, an extra 40 pounds on it. Like, who is this person? My sleep was all crazy and whatnot. So when I finally got to this place of surrender, I have a dear friend, Allison, who kept saying like, maybe you're just supposed to love the body you're in. And that was just such a foreign concept to me because I was such a driver. I was an athlete. It was like, I come from a family where you just work hard and you got to look the part. And it was like, oh, okay. So I really started building a relationship with all the different versions of myself. Once I did that, (laughs) and then I cleaned up my liver, it was amazing kind of what transformed, but I gave myself the grace of slowness. It was slowing down. And really what I had to explore was my, this, in this new version of myself, having been completely laid out, like what actually does success look like for me now? I once thought it was something I, it is a very different thing for me now. It is all about being present. I can identify with that completely because once you take the addiction away, you and I were talking about this before we started recording is you have to be so real with your emotions and so raw and you need capacity to do that. You need space because if you're not going to feed into the addiction of the overworking and the overdoing, then you have to be like, what am I feeling right now? What is the emotion that's coming up and work through all the in-betweens like it's tied back to my for, you know, system, is this happening because this is something new? What is my worth now if I'm not overdoing all of those kind of things that come with challenging old ways? That's right. That's right. And a lot of people find themselves, at least the people that find me now are looking, a lot of us are midlifers that are like, what's the meaning of my life now? Because we've been there, done that, chasing this whole thing. And we've done well. There was a cost. There was a cost that because it was like, wow, I was living in patterns that I thought that actually were keeping me safe at the time. So there's grace for that. But whoa, when the, when the awareness and consciousness to who I really am now, who I'm designed to be here in this time, in this collective time, through all of that we have all been through, am I in alignment with that? Well, it, it takes that slowing down in the real reality of what, how do I define success? How do I define love? 
how do I love myself? Do I love myself? Like, and I had to go to the parts of, oh, I don't like that part of myself. How do I love the Trish that's, you know, the ego, the ego and the healing cannot exist in the same place. That's right. That is 100% true. And that is a wheel. That is a sacred wheel that we are on that takes time and awareness. And honestly, again, I go back to the one person. I mean, I, I hope it's more sometimes in my burnout, it did not feel like more. And on the outside, it looked like I had all these connections and truly on the inside, I, we have an epidemic of lonely. I was deeply lonely, but I was yearning for the honesty and transparency in my own life. Mm -hmm. I call it the TRT, the real truth. Like, what is your real truth? My real truth is, Ooh, I have a, some sticky relationships that I need to look at, or, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want, you know, for me too. And I know you speak a lot about this in, in your Facebook groups and whatnot, but like, I didn't, I thought I wanted something going into being in functional medicine and then coaching and all that. And I wanted to be a, a bigger person with a bigger platform. And I can honestly say now after being a part of that, I just want to truly help heal one person. And as that grows, you know, I don't need this magnificent thing that society tells us we need. That's how we arrive. That that's just not for me anymore. That is that. I mean, I'm saying like, oh, because I think that we all have these realizations. I know in the last few years, I've heard people have these big aha realizations similar. And it's like, I think that's the beauty of when we go through a burnout and we can be transparent about it. There's such an opportunity to grow and transparent more with ourselves, yeah. like really honest about where that burnout is stopping us from living potentially the life that we really want, not what we think we want. Yes. Yes. You know, one thing I want to add when, when you had said, like, what do you tell someone who's right in the middle of it right now? Right. And because I know that eating right and movement and all that just seems like too much. Like I said, it was just down to the shower, <laughs> like I yeah. showered. Okay. That was good. There is something about, and I have this in what I'm going to offer for you guys is when we are wintering, there are some reflection questions that we can ask with becoming okay with sitting, just sitting and being there. Once we release our, our wanting to control that feeling of like, I should be, I should be eating right. I really should go for a walk. Right. Like all the eating that we do, because we're creating stress when we do that, literally very physically, physiologically, when we can calm that down so much more can percolate and surface that actually heals that, that whole amygdala hijack, right? That keeps us in that whole spin. So if it is too much to do the foundations, that's where I go to the journaling and I'll offer those reflection questions to you guys. Thank you so much for being here today. I mean, this was amazing. I think your work is so needed always, but I feel like, you know, now people are so, they understand how stress and burnout affects their life. And I think people are a little more open to deep diving into their darkness without feeling overwhelmed. Yes. Oh gosh. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to just be with you. <laughs> well, guys, Trish, can, before we leave, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Absolutely. Find me on Instagram at Trish Ward 2.0 and on, <laughs> I changed it up there and on Facebook, same thing. And then your site is Trishward.net. 
Okay, perfect. Guys, that will definitely be in the show notes as well as the gift. If you have any questions for Trish, please reach out to her, follow her Instagram. It's really amazing content. I don't know if I've ever checked you out on Facebook, but I love, I love the reels. I just, I love the quiet of Instagram, even though there's reels and all that. Sometimes I have it just on no voice and then I, but I always put it for you on voice. Guys, make sure you follow this lady. She will help you. Trust me. And if you need to hire her, you know where to find her. All right, guys, have a beautiful one and we will see you later. Bye. Thanks, Trish. All right, guys, that is all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, it would mean the world to me if you take just a few seconds and leave me an honest review. Truth is, I love honesty. Your reviews help me to reach even more health coaches and wellness professionals who are ready to explode their business and want the truth in this non-BS approach. You can find all the links and the information mentioned in this episode at www.rachelafeldman.com backslash podcast. All right, so don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Rachel A. Feldman and let me know what was your favorite part of the episode. This will help me to create even better content for you, bring on awesome peeps to tell you the truth about how they built their business, plus other speakers to help you take your business to the top without overwhelm. Thanks for listening and I'll see you guys soon.